As crazy as this may sound, there's still a slight chance that South Carolina could find a way to pull off the upset against Texas A&M on Saturday, but they're going to do a few specific things in order to do just that. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I am Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's show is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. The South Carolina Gamecocks are set to take on Jimbo Fisher's Texas A&M Aggies on Saturday afternoon in a game that at this point I know a lot of Gamecock fans are probably dreading. And I have to admit, as I'll go over in just a few minutes, I do not know if this game is going to exactly end well for this team heading into this weekend, but there is still a possible route that the Gamecocks could take in order to try and pull off what would at this point be deemed an upset against the Texas A&M Aggies in week nine. But if they're going to do that, there's a few specific goals that they're going to have to accomplish in all three phases of the game. So let's go over those three things, starting off with the defensive side of the ball. If you're Clayton White's defense, you have got to shut down the Texas A&M Aggies run game and put a much bigger workload on Max Johnson's shoulders. I talked about this earlier in the week on our Wednesday show here on the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast when it came to Max Johnson's indecisiveness in the passing game. When I watched back the Auburn game that the Aggies played a few weeks ago, Max Johnson, he did not seem like that he was having an easy time diagnosing everything that was going on down the field. He was sitting in the pocket for very long stretches of time, and the only reason, really, that Auburn was not able to take full advantage of that was because of the fact they weren't getting necessarily the best of pressure on Max Johnson. Now, this South Carolina defensive front themselves, they have admittedly struggled to get pressure up to this point in the football season, and I'm not about to sit here and say that the Gamecocks can come out here and get like six, seven, eight sacks against Texas A&M. But getting pressure and at least maybe flushing Max Johnson out of the pocket, forcing him to have to make quicker decisions, that I do think is a reasonable goal. I think that South Carolina has had multiple individual players that have put together good performances this year. Guys like TJ Sanders, Alex Boogie Hunley has had a couple of good games on the interior. Jordan Strawn has done well. Tyreek Johnson has played well in some of his sparse snaps. So what you need to have happen in this game is you need to have more guys put together good performances, specifically in the ground game, so that, that way it'll make it a little bit easier for them to therefore put some more stress on Max Johnson and again, potentially force him to make some mistakes in this game that could help you turn the tide in this matchup. Now, switching things over to the offensive side of the ball, I think that Spencer Rattler and 
the rest of Dow Loggins' offensive unit, they have got to make sure that they protect the football offensively. Look, this unit is going to have negative plays in this football game, okay? No matter what kind of game plan Dow Loggins puts together ahead of Saturday afternoon, they are going to have some struggles. There's just no team in this sport, even the best of the best, that can overcome 8, 9, 10 injuries to the offensive line and having not even enough guys to field two lines in practice in one week leading up to a certain football contest. That is something that is extremely difficult to overcome. And if you're South Carolina, a team that already has had their share of issues up front this season, even when, for the most part, fully healthy, then... um. It's even more dire for South Carolina. So there are going to be some really bad plays. There's going to be a lot of times where you're probably going to be sitting there and shaking your heads. But no matter what ends up taking place on Saturday afternoon, if you are Mario Anderson Jr., if you are some of these other wideouts outside of Xavier Leggett that either way are going to have to probably step up on Saturday, and if you're Spencer Rattler, who as much as you've progressed this season, you've still shown moments where you are kind of just willing to just throw the football up and see what the heck happens. You've got to protect the football on Saturday. You're already going to have a hard time doing a lot of things against this Aggies defense. The last thing you need to do is essentially kill your own drives and also put a lot more stress on a defensive unit that has not been very good on the road already this season. So... Either way, make sure that you protect the football. And the last thing, the last goal that this team needs to accomplish on Saturday, Kai Kroger and the rest of South Carolina special teams units, it's time to put together your best game of the season. You've got to step up in this football contest. The offense and defense, neither unit is good enough to win this football game by themselves. And I just laid out that the defense, you know, they have a chance to maybe create some havoc for the opposing team's quarterback, but the offense, they're going to be hamstrung. They're going to probably have very few chances to score in this game. So, special teams, you have got to be a game changer on Saturday. You've got to flip the field. You've got to make sure Anaya Smith does not make much of an impact in the return game. You have got to... Revert back to the way that you were playing in 2022 for this South Carolina football program. We have not seen that happen really once all season long. That has got to change this weekend. If South Carolina wants to have any chance of ending their losing streak, going to 3-5, and five, and going into the month of November with at least one game that they could potentially drop, but they still have a chance to make it to a bowl game in the postseason. Now, the final question that we have to ask with all of these potential goals and objectives is, can South Carolina pull all of these off and win at the end of the day? FanDuel has set the spread for this game at 15.5 points in favor of the Texas A&M Aggies. This line, depending on where you looked, started at 13.5 or 14 points at the beginning of this week. So, a lot of money seems to be going towards the Aggies. And I gotta say... Despite everything I just said, um, I did not give a final prediction on our Thursday crossover show with Locked On Aggies, Andrew Stefaniak, which is why I'm doing this now. I just think that even in the best of circumstances, South Carolina, they they can't win this game. They've got too much to overcome at very important and critical positions. 
And the only way that they could possibly win is if this game just becomes an absolute ugly knockdown rock fight. And I don't think that South Carolina has the defensive prowess this year, quite frankly, either way, to make it that kind of ball game. I think the offense is going to have a ton of struggles in terms of even just moving the ball down the field. And the special teams unit, again, they could step up and have their best game on Saturday. But when you're out there for so few plays, unless you do a couple special team trick plays, you know, how much of an impact are you going to really have on this game? It's hard to see just a couple days before this matchup is taking place. But I got the final score being Texas A&M 31, South Carolina 6. I think that this game just isn't particularly close. And I think that South Carolina, literally and figuratively speaking, limps their way into November, needing to win out the rest of the way against Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Clemson. And of course, we'll touch on all of those games as the month of November takes place. But we got a lot more to talk about regarding the future of this football program for the rest of today's show because Shane Beamer the Gamecocks got some pretty good news on Thursday afternoon that we're going to touch on in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Athletic Brewing Company has been knocking down their non-alcoholic beer competitors thanks to their great-tasting non-alcoholic brews. Their brews are great-tasting and award-winning, and they beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. And the best part is you never have hangovers when you have non-alcoholic brews from Athletic Brewing Company. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or you can buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKDOWN to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions, and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Today's show is also brought to you by Game Time. Now, when the Gamecocks take on the Jacksonville State Gamecocks this next Saturday, there's going to be a special reunion taking place here at South Carolina as Steve Spurrier and some of the members of those 2010 through 2013 football teams will be in town and will be sort of commemorated and celebrated, I believe, during the halftime ceremonies here at Williams-Brice Stadium. I think it's going to be a really cool moment. I think it's definitely been a long time coming, and I think it's something that's honestly desperately needed with what else has been happening so far this season. So, if you're worried about potentially getting a ticket for that game because of the ceremonies that are going to be taking place, you don't have to worry because Game Time has got you covered. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day. And as always, a big thank you to each and every one of you everydayers who make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. Shane and the Gamecocks got some really good news on the recruiting trail on Thursday afternoon as the Gamecocks 
will have two Sellers brothers on their roster in the very near future. That's right. Lenore Sellers' younger brother, 2025 wide receiver prospect Jaden Sellers, has announced his commitment to Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks football program. And when I went back and watched some of the junior season highlights of Jaden Sellers, this is definitely a kid that is going to translate to the SEC with the skill set that he possesses. In terms of his athleticism, Jaden Sellers is a kid that has SEC-like downfield acceleration and speed. But that's not the thing that impresses me the most about Sellers. What's most impressive about his athleticism is his contact balance. You look at Jaden Sellers, and you look at the fact that, you know, he's got a very small build at the wide receiver position. He looks like a guy that if you just can get, you know, your arm stuck out in front of him, you can easily trip him up and tackle him. But that is not the case. Sellers is a kid that can shed tacklers and does not get brought down very easily. He can, He's a guy that can get multiple yards after contact. He also is a kid that can turn and flip his hips on a dime, especially when it comes to the screen game on the perimeter, which definitely makes him a dangerous player in that aspect of an offense. Positionally speaking, Sellers is a kid that is a willing blocker in the run game. I'm not going to put him quite on the same level as Mazio Bennett from Greenville High School, who is set to join the football program here a couple of months from now at least, but Sellers is definitely somebody that does not shy away from going after opposing defensive backs, and that is certainly something that wide receivers coach Justin Stepp is going to value a great deal once Jaden Sellers gets to campus. Another thing that's impressive is, again, based on everything I've set up to this point, you might think that Sellers is sort of a smaller, speedy type of wide receiver. And while that is indeed the case, Sellers is also a kid that can high point the football and make jump ball type grabs over defenders' heads if the pass is maybe not thrown in the right spot. So he could be a possession type receiver as well. And to top it all off, Jaden has got experience on special teams as a return man, and he is somebody that could also help the Gamecocks out in that facet once he gets to Columbia in 2025. So my overall summary of Jaden Sellers and his commitment to South Carolina from Thursday afternoon is this. There might be some fans out there that are under the impression that he is going to be able to come here because of his older brother, Lenora Sellers, and obviously the connection that he has with him. And I will admit, that probably has not hurt Jaden Sellers throughout this recruiting process. But at the same time, it is very clear that when you go and watch the tape, the younger Sellers brother has got multiple athletic and position-specific traits that will translate to the Power 5 level, including the SEC. So I'm not going to step out on a limb quite that much in terms of playing time and say that this is a kid that's going to play as soon as he gets here. But I will say this. If Jane Sellers, say, gets here in January of 2025, goes through the offseason with this football team, I could see a potential path where he cracks the rotation in year one and gets some snaps and maybe sees an increase in snaps as the season goes along. I Again, I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be like an all-SEC type player, but 
he certainly has SEC traits. And I definitely think that, you know, if there's any other areas that maybe he needs to improve on, he can definitely be coached up. And it doesn't hurt to have some motivation with your older brother in Lenoris potentially being the guy that could throw the football from the quarterback position here at South Carolina. So Jaden Sellers, first 2025 commit for Shane Beamer and this staff. Certainly a kid that I think can help them in terms of trying to bring along some other guys in this recruiting class. He happens to be teammates, by the way, with fellow 2025 target and defensive lineman Amari Adams, who transferred to South Florence High School this past offseason. So certainly doesn't help you with that. So it certainly doesn't hurt you when it comes to that recruitment as well a lot of good things to like about Jaden Sellers and his game and what all this means for the South Carolina Gamecocks in a couple of years now while the Gamecocks are going to have to wait a little bit longer before Jaden Sellers gets to campus they don't have to wait too much longer for tight end Michael Smith who yes has apparently taken some visits and plans to take maybe another visit or two over the next few weeks, but as of right now, he is still a part of South Carolina's 2024 commitment class. But as of right now, he's still a part of South Carolina's 2024 recruiting class, and so I'm going to talk about him like he is going to be on campus in a couple of months or so. So what is he going to bring to the tight end position? How is he going to help this offense in year one? We'll dive into that a little bit more in just a few moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app out there because it is the easiest and simplest fantasy sports app to use. All you got to do is select anywhere from two to six different athletes from a variety of different sports and say whether or not they're going to go more than or less than their projected stat line for their upcoming game. South Carolina, of course, is taking on the Texas A&M Aggies on Saturday afternoon, and Prize Picks has set Spencer Rattler's projected stat line at 244.5 passing yards. I hate to say it, Gamecock fans, I think Spencer Rattler's going to throw for less than that total because, again, the offensive line situation is dire, and admittedly, Rattler's just not been quite as good on the road as he has been at home this fall. Do you agree with me? Whether you do or not, go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash college and promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. We've been doing a bunch of future Gamecock profiles here on Locked On Gamecocks over the past few days. We've gone over guys like Dylan Stewart, also Josiah Thompson, and Mazio Bennett. We're going to continue that series on today's show with four-star tight end commit Michael Smith. A guy that I think has a chance to be a Swiss Army Knife type of tight end in this Gamecock offense over the next couple of years should he end up signing with the Gamecocks in either December or February. And in my opinion, that ability to be a multifaceted tight end is Michael Smith's biggest strength. His willingness to do a variety of different things 
in his team's offense. Because when I watched Michael Smith's junior season film, when he committed to the Gamecocks this past offseason, the thing that I noticed about Michael Smith is he basically was a guy that played in the slot for his football team down in Savannah. He was a kid that mainly was going down the field on a lot of passing plays. Wasn't really a whole lot of different things that he had or that he was at least trying to execute as a part of his game. But this fall, it's been a different story for Michael Smith. I went back and watched some of his highlights of what he's done so far in his senior year, and he's doing a bunch of different things now for Calvary Day School's offense, such as, you know, in-line blocking with the offensive line. He's even been a part of some gap-run toss plays to the outside. He's been helping out in the screen game. He's even lined up on defense for a plethora of snaps for his team this fall. He's just been a lot more team-oriented in terms of the things that he has done for his squad in his final season of high school football. And I think that it's quite commendable. And I think it also says a lot about the coaches that he has on his high school team staff because of the fact that, you know, those guys are trying to help him maybe get better in certain areas that are going to help translate to the next level. And so with Michael Smith, I think that he's going to help offset the loss of Trey Knox, who obviously is an experienced tight end that's playing in South Carolina's offense this fall. I would not say that maybe he's quite the athlete that Michael Smith is, but nonetheless, Trey Knox has done a lot in this conference that you just can't replace very easily unless you get a guy like Michael Smith. And the thing is, while Joshua Simon is somebody that I believe would return for this football team this next fall, there's not really a ready-made receiving threat at that spot right behind him. Reed McKeska, Connor Cox, those guys... They're still developing. Connor Cox might be next in line behind Joshua Simon, but again, you just don't know where he's going to be this next August and September. Michael Smith, in my opinion, he's going to be able to come in and factor into the rotation right away at that tight end position. That leads me into playing time. I think that Michael Smith, at the minimum, is going to be battling for that backup spot at the tight end position this next fall. And I think that this will be another situation where as the season goes along, Michael Smith will have a chance to get more snaps. And I also think it will be really good for him to learn behind a guy like Joshua Simon, who, should he come back this next season, he will be a fifth-year senior, and he will be a guy that, much like Trey Knox, has been through and done a lot. But I also think that Simon's skill set matches up a lot more closely with Smith's compared to Trey Knox's skill set. So I think that it could be a really good situation as far as a veteran having a young freshman behind him heading into 2024. And while I do believe that the Gamecocks over time might need to get at least one more tight end over the next couple years, Michael Smith, he's definitely the kind of tight end commit that makes you feel a lot more comfortable about that spot where you know, hey, Maybe you don't have to get a tight end in this very next class and you'll actually be all right because you've got that kid in that spot. So I think that either way, Michael Smith is going to be somebody that is going to help this offense in some fashion this next season. And as time wears on, he could end up being an all SEC caliber tight end in this offense. But with that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show as always. 
If the Gamecocks are going to pull off the upset against the Aggies on Saturday, what do you think has to happen over in College Station? What are your thoughts on the younger Sellers brother, Jaden Sellers, committing to play for South Carolina? And lastly, what kind of role do you think Michael Smith's going to have for this football team this next fall? Should he sign with the Gamecocks at the end of this cycle? Let me know your thoughts on all those topics down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or shoot me a direct message on X at a lion underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. And once again, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Friday, a fantastic weekend, and no matter what happens, enjoy the game on Saturday. I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.